welcome back to the bod pod this is madison and in today's episode we are almost done with the new faculty interviews this is our second to last one the next one will be posted shortly after just so we can kind of keep on rolling with this and uh, actually coming up next week i have a great christmas episode for all of you things are going to be going back to normal i'm very excited for that but today we'll be learning about silas huff so let's get into it I'm Olivia Watson, and today I have a Washburn University's Orchestra Director, Silas Huff. Now we're going to get started with the questions as of now. You are listed as one of the new um, faculty that is here in Washburn, and I was like, I noticed that you have also had different types of jobs, like mostly everywhere. Yeah. I actually found you pretty quickly from your web. I literally typed you up and I found your, your website and your profile and your. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I'm pretty easy to find online on social media and I have a website yeah. and um, sometimes you find news articles about me and stuff. But I, when I started researching you, I immediately found your website. I was like, okay, he, he does more than just teach orchestra at a school. Well, <clears throat> a lot of professors are professors, but they also do the thing that they teach. And I don't think it's that unusual for like a, a business professor to be a businessman or a businesswoman or to own a business. Or um, if, they're a, if they're a science professor, they may practice, their, do, do research on the side. And so I'm like other professors. I am the director of orchestras at Washburn University, but I also conduct orchestras all over the world. And uh, this is a pretty fun job. I noticed that. You look pretty happy. Like when I saw your huge lift, your list of what you used to do, I was like, wow, this must have been really fun. You got to travel yeah. everywhere pretty much almost. Well, it depends on if you like traveling and it also depends on if you want to choose the place where you live. <laughs> because I've lived in a lot of different places and I didn't always choose where I wanted to live that chose me. Like a job appeared in a place or I got hired to go to a place and do a thing and so I went there. And I'm the type of person that likes to do that. I'm adventurous, my wife is adventurous and we like, to, we like the idea of not knowing where we're gonna live <laughs> five years from now or 10 years from now. Um, although we've been doing that for about 20 years and now we're ready to settle down. And so there you go. Hence me getting hired here at Washburn. I, oh, okay. I started last fall in 2019 and uh, I'm very happy that I've got this sort of stable situation. So I think I'll be here for a while. What brought you here to Washburn? Oh, well, I kind of started talking about it already, but, um, in the last 10 years, I've lived in six different places, all exciting places. New York City, Washington, D.C., uh, Colorado, I, wonderful places. But I was getting a little bit tired of moving every year and a half or two years. And um, um, my last full-time job was in the Army. I was a conductor in the Army. You probably saw that. But yeah. In the Army, just like every other soldier or military service member, musicians in the military also move around a lot. And they also get deployed to uh, the Middle East and other places, and they could live in Europe and Asia, and so it's a pretty exciting lifestyle if, if you don't mind moving around a lot and never knowing where you're going to live a couple years from now. So my wife and I really enjoyed it, and then one day in 2017, I said, I think I've had enough of this. I think I want to settle down, and I went back to school to get my doctorate in music, and, uh, and then last summer, I noticed that Washburn had a vacancy, and I applied for it, and I thought it would be a nice place to to live and work. I've never lived in the middle of the country. I lived on the East Coast. I lived on the West Coast. I lived in Texas. I lived in mountains. I've lived everywhere. I haven't lived in the middle or in the, in the Midwest. 
So uh, all those things were attractive to, to me about Washburn. Yeah. Um, I didn't really realize that music plays a huge part of the, like, are the Army or the military or even the Navy. So yeah. how did you get into that position? And, and that, that's another thing that just happened to me as a kind of a freak coincidence. But um, all the military branches, including the Coast Guard, they all have bands. The Coast Guard has one band, and the Army's got like a hundred bands. There's really a lot of them, and the Air Force has um, maybe a dozen bands, and the Navy's got a bunch of bands. So there are. It's possible for people who were like me. I am a musician. I've always, since I was a little kid, I always wanted to be a musician. But I also kind of wished that I could serve my country somehow. My dad was in the military, and all my my grandfather, all my uncles, they were all in the military, and um, and I thought, oh, I wish I could serve like them. But I'm a musician, so I can't really join the military. But then I heard about military bands and thought, oh, you could serve your country and be a musician. That's pretty cool. And I was working in New York City. In, um, from, I moved to New York City in 2002, and I was there for eight or nine years. And I was working with this one musician. He was a trumpet player. He was really gifted, wonderful trumpet player. And he had to quit my orchestra because he got hired by the Marine Band in Washington, D.C. And he moved to D.C., and that's it. I never heard from him again until... He wrote me an email one day, and he said, hey, the Army is looking for conductors. You should apply. And, um, and I just I fell in love with the position, and I, I got hired, and I did it for um, going on nine years. And those are the guys that I look up to the most. And one of them was a professor at UCLA named Don Newen, who you're leading, and that stuck with me for 25 years. Thinking back when you were a student, what things did you do to set yourself apart from, like, everyone when it come to when it, I know you said that Josh pretty pretty much came to you but did you ever try to set yourself apart from everyone so you look more impre like impressive to someone that like for a job opportunity yes the, the and the more you learn and the more education you get and the older you get the more you are, get better at that so when I was an undergrad I'm, I'm not embarrassed to admit it because it's who I am but I was kind of a screw off I was a little bit of a goofball I partied a lot and I was mostly social and I was known for like being everybody's friend and, and showing up at all the parties and everything like that. I wasn't a very serious student. I was serious enough that I did well and I, I learned music well. But when I went to my master's program, that's when I found out like you've got to really be serious if you want to succeed in the master's programs because it's a whole different world from, from undergraduate. And, and then that's where I really learned that to set yourself apart, the thing you got to do is just buckle down and work and, I've, and ever since then I've been a really hard worker as in I work a lot of hours and I never um, get tired of working on music and you can do just enough so that you get your job done and then you can go relax and take it off take take it easy or you can give go that extra mile and so I've always been an extra mile guy I think that's really what set me apart from a lot of uh, my colleagues in, in school was that um, after undergraduate, in undergraduate, I was not an extra credit guy. I was a party guy <laughs> or, or a like, fun person. But and after my master's, I really just decided if I want to be successful, I have to work. I have to study extra. And I've got to do better than everyone else is doing. And that's how you set yourself apart, in my opinion. Since this whole COVID situation happened, a lot of things have changed. And the way that teachers have taught also has changed. Can you tell me how pretty much how COVID, ex like, change your teaching or did it change it at all yes it changed a lot because orchestra for example is a thing that you can't really do online 
So I teach um, some different classes. I teach enjoyment of music, and enjoyment of music is a class that you can teach online because I can share information on Zoom just like I can share information in person. But making music with live musicians, and you know, you know that you just can't do it unless you're together in a room with other musicians. And so we've had to take a lot of precautions, wearing masks and doing social distance. And then the people who play woodwind instruments, they're just blowing air into the room. So they're the ones they have to have a cover on their bell of their instrument and, and, and a, a mouthpiece oh. with a hole in it or a bass mask with a hole in it. And so it's made, it's made orchestra pretty difficult for all musicians. And musicians like to sit close together so they can hear each other and play better in tune and all that stuff. And since we have to spread out, it's really, really difficult. And at first I didn't know if it was gonna work. Uh, but it's a very strange time for theater and musicians and athletes, anyone who's used to performing for an audience. We're not allowed to have an audience now, or at least not the same kind of audience. So it's, it's pretty challenging. And to do a performance where at the, end of the, at the end of the performance it ends and there's no applause, there's no reaction, there's no energy coming back from the audience, that really stinks. <laughs> so for our concert, um, we had, it was the band and the orchestra were both playing on the concert. And we had the band sitting in the audience. So the band would clap for the orchestra. And then when the band played, the orchestra sat in the audience and we clapped for the band. So oh, we had a little nice. bit of um, an audience reaction. And you could feel the people that you're entertaining, you could feel them really enjoying themselves. But usually we're used to having a couple hundred people in the concert. If you have like 20 people there or 40 people or something, it's, it's, a, it's a hard time for everybody. So there's no way to sugarcoat that. We, just have, we all have to be tough and like hang in there. And I think it'll be okay in the end. How do you, how would you describe your approach to teaching, especially during this time? Oh, well, I think that teaching is like a service that we do for other people. And I always try to live my life. Whatever I do, I always pretend I'm doing it for someone else. It's, it's more rewarding that way. And also, um, you get to the, because some people do things for different reasons. Like you do things to feel good about yourself or you do things for money or you do things because you have to, <laughs> things for that reason. But I, I figure if I teach because I'm doing a favor to my students, like my students need to learn stuff, and so I'm going to help them out and teach them stuff, that the learning and the teaching process is so much easier that way, and it's more rewarding. So instead of saying, like, I teach because I get paid to teach, well, yeah, we all need to get paid in a job, but I teach because my students need it, and I have really talented students who just have to be shown more stuff, and I'm happy to show them the stuff. And I don't think it's any different in the pandemic as it was before the pandemic, um, but everything I do in life is, is in service to somebody else. It's in service to the music, or it's in service to the musicians, or in service to the university. And no, no matter how much progress we make, before the pandemic, it was easy to make progress in orchestra. Now it's a little bit harder, but we always make little steps forward in the right direction, and every time we move closer to our goal together, I think, oh, I'm helping. I'm helping these students. I'm helping this orchestra. I'm helping this, this uh, department. And so it's, that's my approach. That's a good approach. If a student needs advice or um, needs to answer a question, where can they find you? Well, as you know already, I'm really easy to find on the internet. You can just Google my name, Silas Huff, and you'll find me right away. Um, but for Washburn students, the easiest way to reach me is to just email me at uh, silas.huff at washburn.edu. Um, like most professors here, I check my email every day several times, and I usually respond pretty quickly. And uh, so if my music students, you know, they see me, you know, throughout the week from time to time, 
And if they ever need anything, I'm always available to them. But any student who maybe watch, watches this webinar who I've never met before or is interested in orchestra or just wants to ask more questions, they can just email me and I'll set up a Zoom time to meet with them. And um, I think I'm pretty accessible. Easy. I would say don't call me. You can find my phone number on the Washburn website, but I never, I never answer the phone, especially this semester because I'm not in my office very much. I'm in my office now to talk to you, but as soon as we're done, I'll go home. Well, I want to thank you for letting me interview you and learn more about you. I'm really glad. You really had an interesting life. Um, and I think that many students can either relate to or maybe even come to you just to see how they can approach um, either joining orchestra or maybe even continuing a profession, profession in orchestra. I think they'll be like a nice thing to learn about. And, uh, so I'm, I really had a good time talking with you, Olivia. I'm glad. As always, you can go to washburnreview.org and click under the multimedia option to listen to more podcasts. This has been Madison for the Bod Pod, and I'll talk to all of you later today when I post our last and final new faculty interview.